there's been this missing link that the metaverse brings where now we can actually not just talk about it theoretically, but visualize it and see it play out. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Alomes. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have Jane Perasini, the Vice President Growth at Dapper Labs. In her newly created role, she leads and directs all new and existing user growth efforts for Dapper Labs across NBA Top Shot, CryptoKitties and upcoming titles, as well as Flow. Jane's career across the mobile and sports technology industries include over 13 years of driving growth at notable companies including DraftKings, Machine Zone, Reddit and Electronic Arts, otherwise known as EA. She ran growth for major properties from DraftKings Sportsbook launch in the US to the most recent Madden game release and FIFA's mobile app globally. So perfectly placed to talk about uh, digital collectibles, NFTs, um, and we actually talk about, well, what is the difference um, between some of these terms in the industry, and then kind of move on to the big meaty stuff, talking about the, the metaverse. So um, Jane's someone that I've followed for a long time uh, on LinkedIn, always interested to hear what she has to say about the industry, so really excited to have her on the show. Jane Perasini, VP Growth at Dapper Labs. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So for many of our listeners, Dapper Labs will be known as the creators of the NBA Topshop platform. Uh, so Topshop has been an incredible success. I mean, over $700 million in sales, really embodied the new cultural zeitgeist around digital collectibles and just, I guess, exploded into everyone's consciousness. Um, so using that as a, as a starting point, what's next for Topshop? and for the sports ecosystems that Dapper Labs are building? Sure. So from an industry perspective, I've been a collector. I've been a collector my whole life, like sports my whole life. Um, We look at Top Shot as the first step to connecting fans with athletes. You know, I I come from the, the world of gaming. I've also worked in sports betting, and that's always been something missing, uh, a little connection, you know, playing a a sports game, but not really feeling connected to the game itself or the players. And with, with top shot and, and this idea of, um, being able to get closer to the game and closer to athletes, you know, there's, there's, there's over 800 million fans in America that are just fans of football and basketball. And then you look at that on a global scale and you're talking about a bill over, you know, a few billion that are fans of what we call soccer or football in, in other countries and cricket, um, you know, which, which then forays into our partnerships with the NFL and La Liga and UFC. So we kind of look at, at Top Shot as that, that, first, that first test and that first step into uh, this notion that, that fans want to be close to the game. They, they, they have been asking for this uh, for years in different signals. And I think that Top Shot just figured that out uh, earlier, obviously this year in terms of what they actually want. And, and now we're just trying to scale that, you know, coming in as VP of growth, it's part of the role, as well as, as taking those learnings and doing it better each time as we roll out these new sports. Yeah, definitely. And there's, I mean, there's a lot I want to follow up on that, but, but just to get started on some definition of terms. So NFTs, digital collectibles, and blockchain experiences are often, for better or worse, used interchangeably. Um, so how do you define each and what are some of the nuances that you've learned between NFT, blockchain, and digital collectibles um, since working yeah. in the space? 
I agree that it's it's quite confusing or that people will use terms interchangeably. I think that's systemic of a few things. We're still a new, still a new industry. There's not a lot of experts out there. And and you know, not that it's a dig, but just like there's a lot of terms that people like we'd have we don't have universal definitions of, but there's also this other issue that in this space you know, as an industry, we tend to try to position our products and our services in a very technical manner rather than trying to speak to the consumers like consumers. Um, and, you know, I say that in terms of sports fans might not care about, you know, custodial, non-custodial wallets, what blockchain we're built on and all of that. They just want to know what we do for them. How do we, how do we enhance that experience? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, that's what's more important, or I guess that, that's even why partly sometimes um, when, you know, when I tell people, oh yeah, I work at Dapper and, you know, we, we were the makers of PopShot, they don't always sometimes associate that that's, you know, NFTs or blockchain because we don't, we don't start with that. You know, we start with what, what we actually do for fans rather than we're an NFT blockchain company, you know, sports tech, uh, which, which I think sometimes dehumanizes the actual product, which is a very human product. Um, and, you know, and, and, and then you talk about like NFTs with the ownership and collectibles and blockchain as the technology. And, um, I think simply you just have to, as a consumer, you just want to know what, what these products are doing for you and how to even, you, you know, get to these products. What do I need? I know why. Right. Great. Okay. So what is that? I mean, for you, what is that, that from a consumer facing um, perspective, what is the, what is the product? The product is um, is a measurement of fandom. So, so when you buy a moment, it's your your expression of being a fan, and that could, that shows up in a, in a, in very various different ways. Some fans, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of of sports. I wouldn't consider myself a fanatic. Like I can't rattle off every single player in the NBA, but you know, I play fantasy sports, you know, I obviously used to work in that space. Um, I played professionally for a little bit. I played sports my whole life. So I consider myself a fan. Um, I used, I go to games with my dad, you know, like that's to me is my like fan experience. Um, but for others, you know, they have icons, you know, they have icons of players. Uh, they, they love to follow a player's career and that is not associated to a team. That's just, just associated to, to that player. And what, you know, we have as moments uh, are these, these expressions of your fandom, these expressions of, uh, of how much you're a fan of, of something or just even what your type of, what your type of fandom is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that moment too can be anything, you know, it could be a ticket to a game. It could be, you know, a discount on a jersey. It could be anything that, you know, that we decide that we want it to be. And that, that it makes sense for the fan, you know, it, it would be a bad thing to have utility of that moment, not, uh, not support what that fan ultimately wants to do, which if they want to get close to the game, they want to, uh, be the ultimate fan of a player. We want to make sure that that utility matches their intent for having that moment. And be able to share that with others. I mean, that's, that's something that, um, when people talk to me about digital collectibles and I mean, the explosion in this space. Um, and, and even just online kind of digital experiences um, and people paying 
you know, real money for the virtual, if, if that makes sense, if we're going to draw that distinction. Yeah. There's certainly a lot of people in sports don't quite get it. And there's some people mm-hmm. that are trying to, but kind of can't grasp it. So you end up using a lot of um, uh, analogy yeah. and things like that. And, and I guess uh, that's what it is for also a generational shift as well in terms of, um, you know, older generations. And this is, these are huge cliches and drawing with big strokes because there's definitely people that are, in old generations that get this and there's definitely people in younger generations that don't it's just more what you're native to but the idea of something like um Fortnite or other games yeah. um buying a digital skin you know my 13 year old son will do that and then will buy the skin for whatever gun in modern warfare because it shows that he has reached a certain amount of achievements and accomplishments and it's about showing off to your friends yeah. and saying i'm this and you know i'm part of this tribe and i am really good at what i do in this virtual world um, so it's not questioned. Uh, and you kind of think about, well, in the virtual world, all the little signals that we have for fandom and for whatever else it is, letterman jackets at, at, at high schools or, you know, stickers on he- helmets at college. There's always something in that realm that goes, hey, I'm, I'm the best at whatever else it is or I'm passionate about this. Um, and that's something that translates into the virtual world. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, you bring up generations and, you know, I'm a, I'm of a certain generation, not, not a current generation, I would say, but um, one where I grew up buying CDs and buying DVDs and buying things that expressed me or that I was interested in. And I actually owned that. And that was ownership to me. And, you know, a Gen Zer or even, you know, a newer generation, they've never really owned anything. They grew up in a world where you have subscription services, you yeah. don't own any music, you Spotify, you know, like they're the, the idea of ownership is a little bit less tangible than this idea of like, oh yeah, I play Fortnite and, you know, I want to show off my battle passes and like, you know, the, my games and all like my, my, my guns and whatever, and, you know, these achievements. Um, so I, I find it really interesting, this play on motivation of, for me, I want to own my experience, but for you or your, or for your son, right. That's, it's more of an expression because they've lived their, their life through a digital lens and they want to express who they are. Um, and part of that is like wanting to show like all these hours I put into Fortnite and all that they, like, I want, those are accomplishments of mine. I want to be able to show that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, um, and it's interesting you mentioned CDs and DVDs. I think it's the resurgence of vinyl is for the same reason. Um, yeah. you know, you have a vinyl collection and it's like, Hey, look at this physical expression of how amazing my music taste is. Um, but then also you probably have a Spotify subscription at the same time because when um, you're driving somewhere, you can't carry your vinyl record player with you um, yeah. or, go for, or go for a run with it. So there's, there's, there is a trade-off between um, the, the phys- physical kind of uh, utility um, mm-hmm. and, and the collectiveness of it and the kind of identity of it, I guess, is what it feeds into. So moving on from um, Topshop, so... Top, I keep saying top shot, top shot for anyone that is yeah. missing my accent. So I'm really <laughs> going top shot. No, top shot uh, with an Australian T. Um, so the, the UFC and the NFL are partnering with uh, Dapper Labs for upcoming digital collectibles. So how does that differ from the approach with the NBA? It, it's no different in terms of we're servicing fans, right? But the I guess the difference is now you look at it from a lens of multi-sports for Dapper, for Dapper in general, right? Yeah. So again, coming from a sports industry, it's uh, 
not every, mo the majority of fans out there are not fans of just one sport. And, and uh, the UFC is actually one that is very, uh, very well versed to, for fans to dip in and out because there's NBA fans that love UFC or NFL fans that love UFC. And uh, that's a really, it's actually like a really good gateway sport, uh, I call it, uh, for UFC. And I saw that when I was at DraftKings. And so there's going to be sports like that that are great gateways to introduce what we do at our company and to also help support them to, you know, find and discover other, uh, other, other sports that they might want to participate in too. I think that's, you know, the crux of it too, is like, we're, you know, as a growth person, I deal with data and, and demographics and things that might make your eyes glaze over or someone, someone that's listening now, I, I'll try not to say data too much, but the, the reality is the data shows that, that people are multifaceted and especially when it comes to sports, um, and the idea, like the motivations, right, are different too. The types of fans that are out there, and and this idea that we can service any kind of fan, is really important. Um, and and you know we can talk about this in a few ways too. Like for me, again, I'm not an uber uber fan of a certain sport, but I love sports in general, and I watch a lot of sports, different types of sports: golf, UFC, basketball, football. Uh, and I like to participate right in daily fantasy. I play a lot of different lineup, you know, but that's because I want to connect with my buddies across the country. And, you know, it gives us something to talk about because I'm a massive introvert and I need, I need to be forced that yeah, topics that is, to talk about. So it's, it's yeah. the, water cool, the, the digital water cool right? yeah. is about sports. Yeah. So I think you're going to, you're, you know, those are the the additional sports are going to add to this this larger portfolio so that I think is going to be a big hub for fans. Yeah, so my, part of a broader ecosystem that maybe you know you UFC there's like a big knockout or something like a moment like that that is very clearly that's that's what it is, and then that that kind of gets someone onboarded onto understanding the yeah. platform, understanding all those things that we talked about. Consumer, all right? You need a wallet. Like, how does all this work? And then they go well. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the NFL and, and it might be a quarterback sack or it might be, who knows, it might be someone doing yeah. situation, like whatever else that is, that then they go, well, I'm interested in this as well. I can tra transition across. So, yeah, and that's, I guess, a fairly big leap, but in the same kind of world is is the metaverse. So that's been a massive uh, hot topic of conversation recently, um, especially with um, sports at the confluence of digital and, and fan experience becomes more ingrained. Um, mm -hmm. I think the phrase fidgetal uh, has finally died out and people are just referring to it as the metaverse. Um, thank goodness. Cause I couldn't think of a better word for it. And I had to use that word and I, I just, I hate it, but basically the metaverse is, is just on the tip of everyone's tongue. So what role do digital collectibles and blockchain experiences have in realizing uh, I guess the promise of the metaverse or the potential. The, you said a few things there that I think are really important and, and a few things too that I want to add. One being no one owns the metaverse. So I think when people talk about the metaverse, they think like, oh, well, you know, Facebook changed their name to meta. Well, they don't own the metaverse. The metaverse has also been around. So it's not like it just got invented when the, you know, the word became uh, caught fire a little bit more. Um, and and the metaverse is not um, 
is not necessarily ready player one. The metaverse can be a lot of different types of experiences. You know, being being on your phone in a real world situation is still part of being part of the metaverse. You don't have to be wearing crazy goggles and sitting in your basement to enjoy or even benefit from the metaverse. And I think that's a really important concept too, to make sure to understand. Um, and, and when we think about the metaverse, right? We think about that these NFTs are, are assets in the metaverse and that's the idea of the ownership side right that your son or i can own a, you know something i have i have bought or claimed or done something and and i own it like it it doesn't belong to the, the platform that i'm on it doesn't belong to you know it's mine and i can put that you know i could hang it up right here i could put it in a box somewhere um that's the idea conceptually right of it um but it's also the experiences too. So you can own the experiences that you want as well in the metaverse. And this might be back to that um, thought of you you can experience things in, in the metaverse from a, if you're a fan and you want to experience it with virtually with 30,000 people in, you know, in a stadium somewhere, you could do that. For me, that sounds horrible. And I would just want to watch you know, my team, maybe with my dad, but the whole stadium empty. I want 30,000 seats completely empty. And I just want to sit there with my dad front row and watch, you know, our teams play. Like that's what I want to do. And I think that's the great thing about the metaverse is that both of those scenarios are actually very realistic applications for the metaverse that can be done. Um, and, and that's what I'm hopeful for is that I can connect with my father in, in a situation that I only thought was a fantasy for a long time. Um, or we can send our each other moments, you know, on Top Shot or you know the, the you know our NFL product or whatever, and connect that way. And we're still dabbling in the metaverse. It just might not be in that like fully integrated Ready Player One situation, which we yeah. do less frequently, um, and more frequently is is more day to day, like talking about the games and the plays that were you know that we saw together or that you know we were watching last night or whatever, you know. Yeah, definitely that, that, I mean, that point around you can, you have ownership over that moment or that experience and you can port that over in different areas. I think that's, that's something really interesting in the metaverse. And I mean, the analogy that I've heard is um, say across different game platforms, if you buy a skin or whatever in one game platform, the idea of the metaverse is that then you can take that wherever you want. So into another game, into a whatever else that yeah. is. Obviously that comes up, bumps up against reality, which is that, um, especially big tech are going to try and control their own platform and say that there is that try and shut down their interoperability. But yeah. the, the idea at least, and the promise, I guess, is that no, that that runs across it. So wherever you want that, you can insert it into other parts. So it kind of brings it, um, brings it to life in the same way that, that um, physical, you know, I can, I can buy a jacket and wherever I wear it, wherever I want to and take it into whatever scenario I want. It's, it's that kind of experience. Um, but that's, I mean, that's all fascinating stuff. And what, what for, I guess, for, for Dapper is the, the next phase? Is it, is it educating people on what it is to have NFTs, digital collectibles and all that kind of stuff and just building that ecosystem? Or is it creating, say, that kind of out there immersive metaverse experience where you can then use VR goggles and, and you get to be able to sit in, in that. I think what I'd like to do is maybe rephrase the question just for 
Please do. Please do. I want to rephrase it this. It was a terrible question. I gave like either something very small and practical or something crazy. Obviously, there's probably some middle ground in that. So no, what I what I want to rephrase it to is what keeps me up at night because that I can I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit less BS of an answer, right? So what keeps me up at night right now? Creating more utility for our moments for NBA fans. We have a lot of really loyal fans that have been with us from the beginning for Top Shot, and now we need to make sure that the utility matches up to, you know, that, that value that we've, you know, we kind of talked about is that unit of a fan and what that looks like is, is you know, what we're trying to figure out, you know, is our, is that access to players is, are those discounts, are those, you know, free services to something? Is that, is that a community? Is that, so I think that that's something area that keeps me up at night when it comes to the, the here and now around the utility of, of a moment in Top Shot. And then the, the things that are on my mind that as like starting to percolate a little bit more in my, in my brain are, what does this mean that bigger picture, right? You were talking about NFL, you were talking about UFC. So, so what should that be in, in, in an ordinary world where, and, and you brought up even like, you know, the clothes you're wearing. It's so I did not bring, I did not create this sentence. So, but I don't know, I'm not, I can't, I don't remember who I can credit this to, but anyway, it wasn't me, but they talked about this woman talked about how, you know, if you're in the metaverse and you're walking into a Zara, but you're wearing H and M, you're not going to strip. You can, it's not practical to take all your H and M clothes off and walk in naked to a Zara. Like you, you have to have that inter- interoperability and you also yeah. have to figure out like what plays well together, like sports NFTs in the world that, that we're living in today needs to play well with the fact that our, our consumers and, and like, they're gamers too, or they, you know, they have families and maybe they're into art as well. And what does that mean for, uh, the, this, this idea that the metaverse needs to play well, uh, across these different categories where I come from a world where all I did was talk about gamers, but no mention really of sports, unless we were talking about EA sports. Yeah. And then I've also been in a world where we were talking about daily fantasy all day, but no mention of gamers. And I think that there's been this missing link that the metaverse brings where now we can actually not just talk about it theoretically, but visualize it and see it play out like in real, in real life digitally. Uh, like your son that maybe playing Fortnite has his skins, dips into watch, you know, an NBA game with his buddies, but maybe he's still in his character as Fortnite or he's, you know, like, it, the metaverse should be fun and it should be how people want to digest it. And, and um, I think that's the, the key is that the, the whole industry is still growing. No one's really a competitor right now. You know, we're not looking at this of like siloing off things. And I think that's the big thing too, is it reminds me of the early days of mobile games before everyone were hyper competitive and trying to steal each other's players from ripping yeah. a player from one game and trying to put them into your game because this, this industry is in growth mode and there's still so much so many people we need to get into this space it's a lot of the focus is still just on educating yeah best thing you can do is like to your buddies is like help them create a wallet just like help them figure that out first and that that's already access and open an opportunity for them to discover nfts and projects that that now they have the opportunity to engage with because they have a wallet top shot was like a beachhead like a lot of people got into other nft projects because of top shot yeah, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's great that they're like engaging with that, right? So, um, I think that that's the the thing too is uh, making it digestible and having that 
that UI that's user friendly to show them this new world. And, yeah. you know, I hope that they stay really a long time on our products, but I just want them to also enjoy enjoy this new space as we're all discovering it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a good, good note to end on. So final question for you before you go is, and this is a question we ask all our guests and lately each time I've asked it, I've thought, well, this is the perfect use case for an NFT, for a digital collectible, for a moment that just sticks with someone. And it's what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? I would say, I was, I would say it's around the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's made a run. They, they um, won the most games ever in a playoff run. Um, it was a few years ago. And I want to say, I mean, it was a several like, 12 for 13 games, I want to say. And I watched every single one with my dad. <laughs> and and we both cried when when the A's broke that record because it meant so much to us. Um, because we've seen them struggle. And I think, you know, that that's a little bit more episodic than one moment. But to me, that that was the greatest moment because we we had a build-up to every single game, and then it led to this final, like, you know, they won on their home, you know, in their home field. We were there, you know, my dad and I hugged and cried. Everyone was high-fiving each other and the whole stadium was going crazy. Not, and you would have thought we won the World Series, yeah. but it was such a great moment for, for everyone that still believed in the team during that time when no one did. And I think that like, I love the underdog stories. Like that's my favorite. So, so that's my all-time favorite kind of moment. But, but anytime there's an underdog story or someone, you know, hail Mary or like running off the field, like I'm all about it. I love like when my team's not in it and it's just an underdog, like I'll take them every day. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, that'll, How about you? that'll hit the start heartstrings of Australians. We love underdogs. We just kind of, and what's your, what's your uh, favorite moment? Ah, uh, so mine is um, the Australian rules football league. So the AFL yeah. back yeah. in Australia. Um, and my team is the West Coast Eagles. Um, and they were kind of one of the underdogs going into it. So we have the grand final, which is the equivalent of the Super Bowl. Um, it's held in Melbourne every year, uh, my hometown, um, regardless of where the teams are from. Uh, it changed because of COVID. They had to move it out of the state for the first time in like 120 years or something. But it'll be at the MCG. So 100,000 people in this fully enclosed kind of coliseum cheering on um, the two teams. And I was living in London. My team were playing in Melbourne at the grand final. I booked tickets. They beat the kind of firm favourite the week before to win into the, the grand final. And at halftime, I uh, bought tickets, bought flights back to Australia to um, go to the game because we were up by a huge margin at halftime. I was doing an Ironman the next day, so I probably should have been resting, but I was up at a stupid hour watching, uh, watching the West Coast Eagles beat the Melbourne Demons and then... Um, and then I flew home on the Friday. So the world's longest commercial flight from London to Perth, which is 18 hours, another four hours from Perth to Melbourne. Got in yeah. Friday night, pretty much didn't sleep the entire night. Woke up the next day, went to the game, uh, and they were behind pretty much the whole game and won in the last kind of two minutes. Mm -hmm. Did a kind of like a coast-to-coast -coast essentially. Um, yeah. Looked like they were going to score a goal and then just this – just beauty, just at sheer beauty and just uh, Dom Sheed kicked a goal from the pocket. We won, same thing, tears, hugging strangers, everything else. Yeah. And the next day I got on a plane for LA because um, I had to be 
in um, in actually in Austin for work on Monday. So I spent more time on a plane. Yeah, did in Melbourne, uh, and it was just wild because it was just I didn't expect it. It was amazing, celebrated, great, um, and that's I mean that's also kind of uh, a pre-COVID world where you could just jump yeah. on a plane. Uh, yeah. at the drop of a hat and, and keep going but yeah, yeah. that's that's well, my moment um absolutely when we have when we have aussie rules football i will make sure you know that i will tell you if there's the west coast eagles oh please uh, do so up, so up so this is something that's it's it's kind of a, a digital digital physical link but uh nathan Vardy, who is the ruckman uh in that game um so kind of the equivalent is the center say from from american football yep. but he got a um, QR code tattooed on his foot. And when you link over it, it goes to the YouTube video of the last <laughs> two minutes where they he was in it. He, he got a mark and then kicked it on. Um, and that's tattooed on his foot. And he, I think he retired last year or the year before. But so he's kind of, maybe that's the next step is a QR code yeah. tattooed, links to your NFT, and then you can kind of go from there. So... That's all we got time for. I love Thank that. you so much, Jane. Really appreciate um, you being on the show and looking forward to, to what Dapper Labs does over the next little bit. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. There you have it. That was Jane Perasini, VP Growth at Dapper Labs, talking about NFTs, digital collectibles, and then how that feeds into the metaverse. And that last question there, which I kind of botched about uh, what's what's next and, and I think phrasing it in terms of what keeps her up at night, that was a great answer and something that I really found valuable about thinking, okay, how is this, how is this going to grow and, and not become this um, niche or novelty? Certainly isn't, you know, 700 million plus dollars put through NBA Topshop in its inauguration, but then thinking, all right, still got to have utility, it's still got to have value for the fans. Uh, and really focusing on that and using that as a as a true north, as the North Star. And then from there, all the other use cases and applications uh, will grow out. So great to hear from Jane. As always, I'm your host, Thomas Alomes, and thank you for joining us on the Global Sports Technology Podcast, Sports Tech Feed.